The show you're about to hear is a member of the Plains Talkers Podcast Network. To find out more, go to plainstalkerspodcast.com. Plenty of decks don't get to draw three cards for one mana. Well, I mean, all the good ones do. Which is funny because Standard actually got three cards banned. Yep. <laughs> but it was just like one of those like, haha, one last hurrah yep. of shitting Let's- all over our format. <laughs> I am Jake. And I'm Matt. And we are Cantrip Cartel. We are proud members of the Planestalkers Podcasting Network. And we're here to talk magic on this happy, happy day for magic. Yeah, it's a big day for uh, several formats. For so several formats. We're I think and I think a lot of good decisions were made today. Yeah, they probably didn't go quite as far. We'll get into that yep. as you know, Jake and I might uh feel, but it's hard to complain when like you get handed like a candy bar, mm-hmm. but it's not your favorite candy bar. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I, it's still a candy bar. <laughs> I guess this is a Snickers, but I don't know. Yeah, I really prefer Reese's Cups. Yep. If, if maybe next time you could bring both, that'd be great. But before we get too ahead of ourselves, Matt, how you doing today? Oh, I'm doing all right. Ended up having to work today, but it wasn't that big of a deal. My schedule's been kind of weird because trying to get consistently have a uh, two days off in the week, and, yep. that's just and your days off kind of gotten moved back a little bit. Yeah. So you got your weekend this week. Yeah, it just I had didn't fall on Sunday, Tuesday. Monday off as opposed to Tuesday. So I had to work today. Nothing major though. Like you and I hung out on Friday or uh, Saturday. Mm-hmm. Had a good time there. Spent most of. Sunday and Monday playing Final Fantasy 11, just grinding. I've got a, I need to make a lot of gill and the money in 11. Yeah, the currency. It's the gold. Um, it's just called gill. It's been called gill in basically every Final Fantasy that I know of. And uh, I think the last time we talked, I was at like 20 something mil. Mm-hmm. I'm at like 38 mil now. Oh, so I'm working on it. Out of the. I, so the weapon I need to get, just so everybody knows, because I know you're all terribly interested in this. <laughs> I mean, this is a six month. epic they've been a part of so um i'm working on getting a a sword for red mage Mm -hmm. the sword itself costs anywhere between 60 and 65 million gil uh then it's another i don't remember how much we said it was 117 million to fully upgrade it what it was because without being upgraded it kind of sucked so you buy it and then you can upgrade it through multiple ranks Mm -hmm. uh every time it ranks up the augments that you put on it get stronger basically you you have like with these weapons, you get to pick one of four paths. You pick a path, then you mm-hmm. start throwing money at it. Yep. And as you throw money at it, it gets better in that given path. This one enhances end spell damage. So, like, you enchant your sword so it deals fire damage when you hit. Mm-hmm. This one makes this sword, this sword with the correct path makes those spells do 500% more damage. Mm-hmm. And it's something you can just... At max. Yeah. It, but when it starts, it's because, like, your end damage rank, is like, only, when like... When I first buy it off the auction house... It won't do any of that. <laughs> yeah. And like, and your end damage is a negligible amount, isn't it? Otherwise. So it's like Typically 5%. Speak, yeah. Like it's, it's not a huge portion portion of my damage. I don't know exactly what it is. Yeah. Like it's not, it's enough that I need to make sure I'm doing it, but it's not enough that like without the sword that you can build a build around it. Mm-hmm. And the sword changes all of that once yeah. it's at max. It's like we talked about these, these weapons are game breaking Yeah, on purpose, but yeah. they're game breaking. They're like build defining. Like mm-hmm. the get, the game's difficulty is tuned with these in mind at the upper tiers of like the content, but they just radically change the way you play the game. Gotcha. So like you can't do this build without this. And yep. It also does other things too. One of the other cool things it does is it makes uh, elemental weapon skills deal quite a bit more damage. Mm-hmm. So like Red Mage gets a sword weapon skill called Sanguine Blade, which steals health. 
Yep. And this makes it do like way more damage as well. So you can like does it, does it start stealing more health? Yeah. Like, so you can make it so you you know you can just like decimate enemies, and while you're doing it, you're completely refilling mm-hmm. your health. Yep. You basically while, you basically your own healer. Yeah. It's on it's, top of probably having a healer. It's a really cool weapon, and like it's the first one of these types that I've kind of like pushed towards. Mm-hmm. It's not. We've mentioned before the Rima weapons, the Relic Empyrean Mythic Aeonic weapons. Yeah, I it's know not that. Technically, one of those, but it's on the same tier as far as like this mm-hmm. swords is better than most of the Rimas out there. So gotcha. for for Red Mage, be my first class that has like a really like upper tier build is basically what I'm working on. Gotcha. Now, does the armor come into play? Like, is this is this game about chasing swords or about armor? All of it. Okay. So, but you, do you already have all your armor maxed out? I don't have them all. There's various stages of gear because. Kind of like with this weapon, you can upgrade your gear, but like I've got probably this feels like something I didn't mean 50 years. I'm not going to go into too much detail, <laughs> but just to kind of give you one of the best things about this game. 30 minutes later. Correct. <laughs> is it's got a pro- horizontal progression. Mm-hmm. So like in a lot of MMOs, like if you're playing WoW, you get to the next tier of gear, mm-hmm. then they release like they, they release a raid. You get all the gear from it. Then they release the next raid and once you get all the gear from the next raid, almost everything you had from the previous raid is useless because mm-hmm. they're just going and going, here's your stats and we're just going to give you more of that. Yeah. 11 doesn't work like that. Like you can get gear that's like obsoleted by new gear, but most of your stuff, because you can change gear in the middle of a fight, you end up having gear that's dedicated to doing very like, so like you have your gear that you cast spells in, then you have your gear that you weapon skill in, then you mm-hmm. have your gear that you gain uh tpn so you can weapon skill like so you have like so i've like like 50 or 60 pieces of gear for my red mage right now yeah and i'm about halfway there Oof. so like i've worked on like you got to work on specific stuff so like mm-hmm. there's different gear sets even for different spells because of the mechanics of the spell so like some spells are they get stronger based on how high your enhancing skill is and some don't even if they're the same class of spell so like using temper two the more enhancing skill i have gives me uh, more chance, uh, a greater chance at triple attack, right? Haste, that doesn't work like that. My enhancing skill doesn't matter. I don't attack faster because my enhancing skill is faster. So you need like all sorts of different gear. I'm probably like halfway there on the on the armor Whew, and I'm working work. towards the sword. So that's my update. Yep. Well, we'll, we'll check back in with you next week and we'll, <laughs> yep. we'll see how much, how much money you have my, and how far. My goal is to have the sword by next week. Oh, wow. I only need 22 more million. Then you'll That's own a, it. Then I'll own start, it. Start working on Then I'll be it. broke and have a shiny piece, a of shiny paperweight. Of useless <laughs> yes. loot. Until yeah. I can chuck another 50 to 100 mil at it before gotcha. it starts to become wearable. So yeah, that's where I'm at. So I didn't do much this week. Uh, the I did have one kind of memorable thing happen. So my wife is a funeral director and she obviously directs a lot of funerals. And she got sent out of town late last week to go help a different funeral home three or four hours away. So she was gone overnight, had to go run some stuff there. Well, through a really unfortunate series of events and scheduling issues, uh, they needed someone to kind of run the computer at a funeral this weekend. She was going to be out of town. She was going to be the one doing like uh, the music and the just the computer stuff. Make sure things are recording correctly and the mics are on. The funeral director who's in town just doesn't know that stuff. He's an older gentleman. I'm not saying older gentlemen can't know technology, but this, this older gentleman didn't. has has preferred to not learn technology. So he, has, he just doesn't know it. He has no understanding of how to do it. And so Sarah, my wife, asked me to go and help. And some more things happened. And like, just like 
some emergencies came up that morning. Yeah. So what turned into is, hey, you know, show up and get the computer set up and kind of just hang out was like, you know, crap. Can you go set everything up? Like, like the um the casket was already arranged and the rooms are like already like the chairs are down. But like, can you go get everything set up, get the lights turned on, make sure everything's recording and then help the funeral also. So yeah. what turned into just kind of being the tech guy, I got to be a bit of a, an assistant. I was basically hung around with the funeral director and got to just help people and talk to people and run stuff along with running the technology stuff. But it was a funny escalation from, you know, hey, on Saturday, um, my wife reached out, like, I need your help, you know, just help take care of this. And I said, sure, no problem. And then it just escalated to, yep. well, and I need to do a little more. I need a favor. Hey, I need a bigger favor. I need to do a little more. I need to do a little more. So obviously it was, it, everything went well. It was, um, it was a funeral. Yeah. But it was a, it was, it was a good. So it's not like part planning a party. No. <laughs> No, but it was it was a good um, it was a good time for everyone. Uh, this wasn't a family I knew personally, but to get together and uh, everyone had a really good time celebrating the life of this gentleman. It had to be pretty interesting to see your wife's career. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's uh, one no, thing when you hear somebody talk about their job. Oh yeah, it's, it's not, another thing to go do it for a day. Not a lot of people get to go put their their spouse's shoes on, right? Their you know husband, wife, partner, whatever, but just get to go like be in their position and not and not with them. So like obviously Sarah would have yeah, babied this was me total, and take, like push you in the deep end like yeah and like again like uh, the film director was there the whole yeah. time and so I wasn't like in the deep end I wasn't on my own but you know he's not like you know that person is not anyone to me other than a, a friend kind of so like he didn't baby me didn't hold my hand and uh, it was kind of cool just to be like well this is what my wife does and yeah this is what a funeral yep this is this is a funeral this is from the, the other, other side. side yeah yeah because everyone goes I mean I shouldn't say everyone but I think most people have been to a funeral. And it's relatively laid back. And uh, hopefully, obviously, yeah. feels are different, but it's hopefully a somewhat calm atmosphere where people are talking and you know subdued. just communicating and yeah, subdued, sharing stories, you know, sitting in remembrance, and just somebody or a couple somebodies gets there hours before and is there hours after to make sure, hopefully, the area is set up and ru- everything runs good and the music, you know, music just happens to turn on at the right time and turn yeah. off at the right time, and it was kind of cool. Yeah, it was an interesting perspective that I uh, have ne- I, I didn't have. So this is a little crass, but not. It's just like a funny thing to think about. Most funerals I've been to, you're just kind of bored. Mm-hmm. Like unless it's somebody you're really close to, at which point you're devastated. Yes, right. So you're just like, oh, my best friend died. That it's, really sucks. I'm devastated, or I'm kind of bored. It's kind of similar to a wedding, right? So like, like you're either getting married, yep, or your <laughs> or best friend like, is, or you're here for the cake, or right? you're here because you're supposed to be here. Imagine how like bored you would be not having any connection to it at all. But and that's that's what I'm go- like in my head. I'm just like most of the funerals I've been to. I'm just like like you're there for other people. Yes, and that's and that's your job as the funeral director, director or, or assistant. You're or there whatever. to be there for the family. But there's going to be twenty or thirty minutes of downtime where you're just sitting in a chair going, "Yep, yeah, hey, I don't know any of these it's, people." The uh, the the viewing, which went on for a couple hours was like there was plenty to do there where your people are always walking in yeah. you're greeting you know people are mingling in restrooms taking coats there's yeah. always something to be done but during the actual service is a lot of just like just sitting because I mean, they're they're talking about you know stories and remembering and uh they had a reverend come and, and give a speech on life and death and yeah very typical funeral things and that was kind of boring because that's yeah. just you kind of feel like an atheist in church. <laughs> You're just sitting in the back row going, "Yep." <laughs> not as much. Not all this applies to me personally. Not all this is mine. Um, but the before and the after. That's it's it's a lot to do. Yeah, it's just because it's just you know I feel responsible for the 50, 80 people here, 
if any of them need anything, if any of them look confused or lost or aren't sure, it's partially my yeah, job to help them. Yeah, and it's, I mean, you're, you've got to be there for people during one of the worst days of their lives. Yes. Like yeah, there, that's why it's important to me. There's a lot of people that are bored at a funeral. There's a handful of people that are devastated. Yes. And it's important to not screw it. Like, if you're putting the funeral on, yeah. it's very important that you don't screw this up. It's important to them, and that means it's important to me. Yeah. It's, I at want, least it should be. Yeah, it should be. Yeah. If, if that's the job you have, in my yep. opinion, it should be important to you. 100%. Yep. So... Well, now that we've uh, wasted a bunch of time on one of the biggest announcements in Magic's recent history, let's get started. <laughs> Before we get started, I do want to give a shout out to the Plain Soccer's podcast. Like I said at the beginning, we are proud members of the Plain Soccer's podcasting network. Will and Aramis put on an excellent show every Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at twitch.tv forward slash Plains Talkers podcast to give you basically everything you need to know about Standard and even some Commander. If you hop onto their Discord at discord.planestalkerspodcast.com, you can sign up for their Wednesday weekly commander games where they play on Spell Table. And they take pretty much every week a couple uh, patrons and a couple non-patrons. And it's really easy to just kind of show up and be like, hey, I want to play. And uh, Will works really hard to make sure and squeeze everyone in that wants to get a game. Like They'll play two or three games sometimes in a night because they, they want to help get everyone in and give a chance to play. And it's a lot of fun. So I recommend everyone, one, check out their podcast, and two... Check out their Discord, and while you're there, make sure and let them know we sent you, and pop into our channel and say hello. Alrighty, so this week, we got, uh, and, and today is the day, today is uh, yep, today the 25th. Today is Tuesday. Tuesday, 25th, we had a we had a our multi-format band announcement today, and we're going to go things a little differently. We're going to go over Modern first, because we want to kind of get it out of the way. I don't want to ignore Modern. And then we'll talk about Legacy. Legacy is the one who saw some bit of an upset, and we have a little bit more to say on that. Yeah. So we're going to go through Modern relatively quickly. So I think today they made a lot of the right decisions in the bandings they announced. We saw bands in three formats, standard, legacy, and historic. And the reason I think it's the right decisions is I, all the cards I see being banned, uh, standard I have less of an understanding and opinion of. I recommend checking out the Plain Soccer. Yeah, I was so, going to say that. I'm actually yep. curious to see. They will uh, be all over that. But when it comes to um, historic, I agree. And legacy, I am not satisfied, but agree. Yes. And it comes to modern. I very much agree. 100% could not agree more with their yep. decision. Th their, their decision to not ban anything in modern. And I think that was a wonderful, wonderful decision. We have seen a lot of churn in the last months of modern. We've seen decks coming and going. We've seen new decks um, popping into existence. But that churn is the most important part where like no deck has sit on top of the meta just perpetually. Yep. We've had phases where, you know, Blink will be on top for a couple of weeks or Cascade will be on top for a couple of weeks or a month. Uh, Grixis Shadow was on top for probably a little over a month. They had a yeah, they long had, time in the sun, yep. but they have started to cycle their way out. And so that's the kind of turn we like seeing yeah, in the meta. It, modern is playing at a, a power, like a, the strength of the average card in Modern is probably higher than it's ever been. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Um, except for maybe Eldrazi Winter, but that's not the average card. But yeah. you know what I mean? Like every deck is on a power every level right now. Every deck within reason seems to be able to compete and like modern has very strong cards but it also has seems to be able to deal with them just before we get into the meta jake and i have talked about this a lot like i keep comparing modern to like a giant jenga tower mm -hmm. and i was really hoping that they didn't just pull a piece out yes because i've said it multiple times i wouldn't take a single card out of modern right mm -hmm. now it is the best it's ever looked and i know for a fact there are people who when modern horizons 2 came they're their decks got power crept out and that sucks yes that's not going to change by banning a, a card or two mm -hmm. like i'm sorry if you play spirits or humans or something like that and yeah, your deck is gone examples. that sucks and we can't if i could undo it i would mm -hmm. but like we can't 
what we have to do is approach this from where we're at now. Yeah. And where we're at now is a meta that is probably the most interesting meta and the most like diverse that I've seen in a very long time. Yeah. So I wouldn't change a thing. Yep. I, we're both really anti-format rotation in these eternal formats. And that's Modern Horizons is kind of doing that. And so I, uh, actually Derek reached out to us or to me and let yeah. me know that Modern Horizons 3 is, I think, confirmed for 2023. Not this year, next year. Yeah, um, so. And that's that's the worst thing about that is like or about the modern format is these these coming in and doing a force rotation. Right. Now, what you can say is Modern Horizons 1 dumped in cards that were absurdly too powerful and all had to be banned. Modern Horizons 2 dumped in cards that still made a rotation happen. They still changed a bunch of the decks, but there was nothing absurdly as powerful. Like the like the 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 top two percent will say got tuned down on power. Yeah. And so I'd love to see Modern Horizons. Yeah, 3 they come just down. lopped off those, you know, yeah. the outliers. So they can come in on Modern Horizons 3 and just lop off two or three percent off the top again and just bring things down a little bit. Maybe we'll see more additions and less staples. Yeah. That, but that, or here, this is what I would love to see, and there's no way to, A, there's no way to predict this, and B, there's no way for, even if we could, for, like, Wizards to change this. What I would love to see with Modern Horizons 3 is, like, if I were designing it, I'd be, I'd be looking at decks that were good in the past, and, like, I mean, this is, sounds really self-serving, but tribal decks. Because not just me, but tribal decks are super popular, and uh -huh. there's not a single one that gets played consistently in Modern no. that I know of. I'd be looking at those kind of cards. Because, like, I mean, Allosaurus Shepard's a perfect example of this. When you tune and Muxus and stuff like that, mm -hmm. when you when you have very powerful, narrow, synergistic cards, you can dial them up. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's where Modern Horizons 2 should... I think we got a ton of good stuff cards mm -hmm. in Modern Horizons 2. Modern Horizons 3 should crank it up to 11 with, like... Like pick some decks that just you know here's well, a really said, good human that interjects humans uh -huh. back into the format. Here's but it's got to be narrow. That's the they thing. have yeah, to be narrow. Yeah, it has to be like a like goblin love, human love, spirit love. Correct. Let's bring these decks back into the yeah. fold. And I don't think I think you'd see a lot less like knee jerk reactions to these mm -hmm. things. Anybody who says they don't like the fact that Modern Horizons two came in and completely changed the meta, I hundred percent agree. I agree too. Yeah, but there's nothing we can do. To stop that. Yeah. And for once, and I think this is part of why people are so upset about it, for once it's worked out well. Like, normally yep. when that happens, it doesn't end well. Yeah, and modern's people, great. Modern's great. Wizards knocked it out of the park. Yep. I know people, you know, want to pick individual cards and whatnot, but... Yep. The, the main contender seems to be Luris. Right. Like, Luris is everywhere. Luris is in an absurd amount of decks. Yep, he sure is. So I get the hate for Luris. People don't like seeing how prevalent Luris is. But I, I pr currently I prioritize the Jenga pile of goodness over the play rates of Luris. Right. Like, like modern is just so good. Case in point, this top eight doesn't look anything like last week's right. top eight, which didn't look anything like the week before it's top right. eight. Like that's more important to me than Luris. Well, even though Luris is in a bunch of like a bunch of different decks, it's still in a bunch of decks right. and it and definitely is warping the format around it. There's a tier one in modern. Mm -hmm. Like I would say the tier one, you and I talked about this. It's probably some sort of like, Omnath deck, whether that's Blink or just uh, mm -hmm. the El Eladomri's Call version. Yeah. Probably a Cascade deck, either Crashing Footfalls or Living End. Yep. We, I know they're not one-to-one, -one, but we all we often yep. lump those together. Probably Blue-Red, Aggro, Death Some Shadow, and then Hammer Time. Oh, so like so like a, like a, like a, like Rakdo, a, yeah. like a Rakdo style, uh, Merktide style. Right. So those, Maybe a Grixis Shadow that's style. That's clearly yeah. your tier one, but that tier one is five or six decks, depending on how you split them up, potentially mm -hmm. even seven. 
like seven decks being tier one. Yeah. And then uh, and the, the tier two is the, really close. Right. That's what that's the important thing. This isn't a tier one of seven decks where these are the only decks you can play. Yeah. These are this is a tier. Yeah, because you could of, probably put you could probably even include burn and hammer time in there. Like in like I tier did say ones. hammer time. Gotcha, hammer gotcha, time. Sorry. Hammer time I would absolutely include. Yep. Burn could probably be included in that. Yogmoth is a is really close to tier like, one. Those are those are all very high tier two decks in my opinion. Because at least the way I define tier one, it's a combination of what's being played the most and power. So, for example, if a really crappy deck got played a bunch just because it was fun, I, I wouldn't count that as a tier one deck. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, it's a combination of those and where you draw that line is gotcha. very subjective. But, like, when you're talking about what's consistently showing up, like Hammer Time, Death Shadow, mm-hmm. like, those are very clearly tier one decks. We haven't seen Burn in a couple weeks do well. That's true. So, like, that that's the but kind I mean, of for, difference but, to me. But we went, I mean, we went three or four weeks without seeing Crashing Footfalls do well. Correct. So like it's it's, it's it, the, the the tiered system is a very subjective system. There's right. no one that's going to that no one has the tiered system on a piece of paper. Or there's like three components of this. Tier 1 is big. Mm-hmm. Tier 2 is like nipping at the heels of tier 1. Yep. And there's no tier 0. Yeah. So or S like, tier. Yeah, S tier. There's no there's no like and that's the problem with legacy yeah. is blue red delver and we'll get to that. But blue red delver is clearly S tier, right? Yes. There's a deck you should be playing. And if you're not playing that deck or the deck that beats that, you're probably not correct. Yeah. And I mean, it wasn't as bad as some of the other metas we've seen, but like, and again, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Modern doesn't have those problems. And I don't know why we want to start pulling Jenga tiles out of this. Matt's really excited to talk about legacy. <laughs> no, I, I'm i actually I mean, more I am, excited to talk about modern. I am. Like, I'm excited to talk about the changes in legacy and my opinions. Like on the it. changes are important, but one of the things I want to stress here is like, I normally, I don't know how to put this. So, like, it's very exciting to see a format like this that Wizards doesn't just manage to screw up somehow. (laughs) Like, that's what I was expecting. I was, because, like, a lot of people talking about, oh, well, this is, as far as Legacy goes, this is one of the worst possible results because they didn't think it goes far enough. And I'm like, well, if we look at this band announcement as a whole, we've got, like, a mediocre stuff going on Legacy in Modern because, like, there's a lot of talk in Modern Mm -hmm. about Luris being banned or something along those lines, and I was very excited to not see. Something. Yeah, me too. To see something not giving. That's so. I, let's look on these decks really quick. I I looked through them. The top eight has a lot of really stock decks, and so like I I don't think really any of these I didn't see much that's worth digging into each individual deck. These lists are pretty pretty stock. There's a lot of decks here that can only run stock lists, kind of. So like first and second place are very similar four color blink decks. Um, these are the blink decks running Omnath. Ragavan, uh, Fury Solitude. Yep. And then a Control Suite with Yorion as their companion. Both decks look pretty similar. There were some changes uh, in some of the numbers, but, you know, like eight Planeswalkers between Ren and Six and Teferi. Like, the creature suites are almost identical, The and the spell suites are, are very similar. Third place was Belcher, which is cool. That's definitely yep. one of those. That's a solid, like, tier two deck, or tier two and a half. Yeah. Where, like, you don't see that very often, but it's like, it def- it it comes in definitely often enough to remind you it's a thing yep absolutely and like, it can totally win win tournaments the the great thing about this to me is there are people who love this deck and belcher's absolutely playable mm-hmm. i personally hate belcher archetypes <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't matter though mm-hmm. what matters is like there are people who love this deck and it's 100 play this to me although it's a much better deck is in the same vein as like affinity right now where it's just like, there's people like me who love Affinity and are going to try to play it. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see that when people who love Belter 
and are just going to force it, they can actually be successful. Absolutely. That's one of modern strengths. Yep. Uh, but but as we talked about before, we, we talked about Belcher before. Yep. They're the same list. Yeah. And you'll see you'll see the occasional change here and there, but they are the same list. They I mean, they are the same strategy with very little exception. Yep. And that's that is the only critique I would say with something like Belter and to some extent the like cascade decks mm-hmm. is there's not a whole lot of room for innovation in there because yep. they're built to do one thing and do it yes, very well. Exactly. And there's especially with the way um like shardless agent works and whatnot, there's only so many yep. cards. Yep. So fourth place was a mono green titan list. Again, a very, very like stock looking list, but that, but most of your Titan decks, like unless you get into a really inbred meta, like Titan is usually Titan. So like I didn't say anything in here that looked particularly weird. Like I said, if you're if you live in the weeds of Titans, if you're a part of the you know the primetime Discord, you probably see some different numbers here. Maybe maybe the Asuzas are down or the Grazers or Grazers are up. I'm not sure, but this looked looked pretty stock. This list looked pretty stock compared to what we're used to seeing yep. with primetime. Speaking of footfalls, fifth place was a crashing footfalls list. The same thing I say every time, crashing footfalls is just locked into that three CMC or more, except for the uh, rhinos. So you don't see a lot of innovation in these decks. A little more on the sideboard sometimes, but you just don't see much innovation because there's not room for it. Until they start printing more things like Dead and Gone or like Fire and Ice or like Bonecrusher Giant that have these cheaper spells hidden inside of them, you're not gonna, it just doesn't fit in the deck because it's yep. not worth taking the chance of missing on your rhinos. Yep. Or stuff like Fury, where it misses, like, Charlotte says, it misses it, but exactly. it has an alternative casting cost. Yeah, you can get it for free. Yeah. Or subtlety. Yep. Although this deck doesn't, this deck doesn't have subtlety, but this is, the, this is like the only deck in modern that actually runs subtlety. And I've actually seen it cast to good effect on a couple streams. It was pretty the, cool. Subtlety is a good card. It's just very, very narrow. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. And then sixth. And seventh place were both Boros burn lists. Now I haven't looked at these in depth, so I'm gonna look at the, I'm gonna look through them, kind of one piece me here. But I think they're both Luris decks, and you know these look stock. This first, I, I'll say this one. I'm, I'm looking at these piece me. The first one looks pretty stock. I don't see anything different. Like the skull cracks are still a mainstay. Uh, I've seen that very very common in the past weeks with modern decks um, bringing in skull cracks. I don't see anything weird there. And I'll look, let's look at that seventh place list. Yep, they. They look almost great. identical. Like, oh, this has three skull crack instead of two skull crack. These, this is one of the fun things about burn. Uh, like five years ago, I used to own a modern burn deck, and it looked almost identical to yeah. this. <laughs> like, yep. and then you built a legacy burn deck that looked almost identical yeah, to but this. Yeah, with fire blasts and chain lightning. <laughs> yeah, yep. Like these both look very, very similar. I, I did forget. I want to jump back before I go any farther. Canister brought a home with four color blank. So as we do every week. Tons of props to Canister with his 1,840 ticket deck. Ugh, gagged a little. $2,200 in paper. This deck is almost as expensive online as it is in paper, and it costs more than death and taxes by a lot. Uh, I think that cost more than my elf deck when I built it. In my well, that doesn't count. Yeah, I know, but like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that deck you built 10 years ago? Yeah, sure, whatever. Like four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> You're old, Matt. Shush. Eighth place was a pretty cool deck. Dredge. This is, and I lump this very much into the Belcher category where it's dredge tier. This is, I would say, tier two and a half. This yep. is low tier two, but this is by no means the first time we've seen dredge put up top eight numbers. Yep, absolutely. Um, it's definitely a, a stock list like dredge. You play dredge cards and you dredge into the same threats. You dredge into Oxes of Agonis. You dredge into uh, Creeping Chills. You dredge, you run things like Otherworldly Gaze and Throwing Discovery. Uh, cathartic reunion to get stuff in your graveyard. Uh, these lists are usually pretty stock. 
But one of the things we talked about in the beginning of this, it's super cool to see these like legitimately not great decks regularly show up. And I should say not great, like they're not bad, but they're not like four color blink. Right. Four color blink is consistent. It is powerful. It is strong. Amulet Titan, consistent, powerful. Um, Dredge isn't like as consistent and maybe not as powerful, but it doesn't matter. It still can totally show up. Yep. And we see that in Legacy sometimes. Like once in a while we go, oh, hey, look, that's a cool deck to see. We Oh, an Infected. That's There's neat. like one in the top 16 every week. Maybe. You, I was going to say like typically maybe. Typically speaking, every there's couple, like. Like maybe every couple weeks we see yeah. a cool deck. Every couple weeks. Whereas like well, here I'm it's like. One of those like there's like a, a tier two deck like every like every week in the top 16 there's something like painter or something like that yeah there's but usually like, one mm -hmm. so it's, but it's really cool in legacy to see like those less played less powerful decks pop in but it just happens so rarely yeah whereas in modern because those because those tiers are so much closer you have like a top eight where you see two of them yep. and, it, and it's not at all uncommon to see dredge like it's cool but it's not crazy right so I 100% like agree. That's the love we talk about when we like throw love at modern where like the metagame is shifting like any like there are so many viable decks that are legitimately viable and that are not surprising to top eight a challenge, especially a Sunday challenge. Perfect example of why I don't want Loris to go. Hardened Scales got 18th. Like Hardened Scales hasn't seen play since the Mox Opal ban, mm -hmm. like in any serious way. Yeah. But like the same thing with Affinity. In fact, Affinity kind of was overtaken by Hardened Scales because they run a lot of the same stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Hardened Scales 18th. That's awesome. Again, I don't love the fact that Luris is in 38% yep. of decks. But well, it, it bounced back to that, what we've talked about and your opinion more than mine, but a good metagame is more important than, you know, the cards being too crazy good or too great. Like if a card is crazy powerful, but the metagame is still really fun and good, then it's okay. Right. And like, like, like you said, I agree with the Jenga pile. It's a Jenga pile. Don't touch it. It's fine. I, I was, I, I was talking to people for all weekend, um, sorry, about this all weekend, where it's like, I don't want to see anything change in modern. Modern's too good. Don't touch it. Whatever you do, you will impact it more negatively than positively, in my opinion. And I think people at Watsi felt the same way, and I think they made the right decision. Yep, hundred percent agree. So metagame summary: Blink with five decks in our top thirty-two, bringing in fifteen and a half percent. Crashing Footfalls, Murktide Region, and Death Shadow, each bringing in four decks. Burn with three, Belcher with two, and Yogmoth Hammer Time at two, and then we're down to the ones. That's that's actually really surprising. The Hammer yeah. Time is normally four. Hammer or five. Time is usually fifteen-ish to sixteen percent of the meta, just because it's like it's just such. I think it's just such a favorite. But as with everything in Modern, it's kind of rotated out for a little bit. Yeah. And so you know, I don't. I won't doubt that Hammer Time will be back in force in the coming weeks. But this is like two weeks in a row where Hammer Time just kind of been a little low on the poll where people aren't interested in it. Yep. Most played cards, Lightning Bolt, Expressive Iteration, Ragavan, Counterspell, Mistress, Bobble. Pretty pretty similar. The most played cards don't often change very much. Your Creatures, Ragavan, DRC, Fury, Solitude, and Omnath in fifth. A little high for Omnath, but we did have four Blink decks. Or sorry, five Blink decks in the top eight. Or top 16, I mean. And top spells, Lightning Bolt, Expressive Iteration, Counterspell, Mistress, Bobble, and Force of Vigor. Alrighty. So we've got Modern done um nothing but high praise as usual for modern good job yeah absolutely so what we've been waiting on since before eternal weekend the ban announcement happened and i don't think they did enough but what they did do they did correctly so what happened matt ragavan got banned i mean that's we don't need to bury the lead ragavan got banned ragavan nimble pilferer is banned in legacy the monkey's gone so was that was that a, was that a correct ban? 
Yes. Yes. In, in the strictest in so sense. Far, in the strictest sense, in my opinion, that was one of the cards that needed to go. Mm -hmm. That depends on what you want out of Legacy. There's more layers to that question. Mm -hmm. For example, if you got rid of some cantrips or something, you probably wouldn't need to get rid of Rag. That's true. If we are working under the assumption that the cantrips and whatnot are not going anywhere, which I think is probably safe to say, whether we agree with it or not, then yes, Ragavan needed to go. Especially after this ban announcement. Because this was the chance that Watsi had to come in and make a big shakeup. And there were a lot of people talking about for weeks or months that this might be the chance for them to make the big shakeup. They waited on it a long time. They wanted extra data. We thought there might be like a lot of stuff coming. Yeah. Like like three to six bands. And they came in with a super precise scalpel to try and fix it very neatly. And that reinforces once again that Watsi is much more geared towards this like slow and steady process and they're not as willing to sledgehammer the format and see what falls out. I wouldn't hate that if Legacy got the amount of attention that something like Standard got. Mm -hmm. Like you can, which is funny because Standard actually got three cards banned. Yep. <laughs> but with something that has, that Wizards has its eye on and monitors very closely, you can take that kind of like incremental approach mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of players, including myself, are going to be satisfied with having to deal with our current format, even after Ragavan's gone, for another seven months. Yeah. Now, that being said, they said, they said in the ban announcement they would continue to monitor. Yep. Like, but so like, yeah, whereas we think this isn't going to cause that much of a change, if they're, keep, if they're going to keep looking at it, they might come in and make adjustments again soon. Because right. the numbers they listed were kind of horrendous in terms of... Oh, yeah, it was bad. A 56% non-mirror win rate, which is huge. And more than double the number of trophies for the next like major archetype deck. Yeah. Which doesn't necessarily mean that it's win twice as often, obviously, but it, mean, it means that way more people are playing it. Yep. And it's also winning a ton. Yep. And there's two things to keep in mind there when you're discussing this. Uh, if way more people are uh, playing it, then A, that win rate should in theory be lower because not to insult anyone in particular, but if way, if twice as many people are playing that or whatever, you're going to get some scrubs well, and those scrubs, less masters are playing it for sure. It dilutes the pool. Yeah. So you're going to get more people who are inexperienced with the deck mm -hmm. playing it because it's quote the best thing to be playing, which yeah. they're not necessarily wrong. And that's going to drag down that win rate as opposed to someone like, I mean, uh, Reed Duke, who hopped in, played it, and got third in yeah. this week's challenge. Shocking. Which we'll, we can touch on, but yep. it's more I, of a point of I, data. I, I, than say we, I say we hit the challenge like really like, as like just some high notes because... Blue because, Red Delver got three of the top eight. It was eight of well, the top 32. <laughs> even just because of that, like that format is literally dead. Correct. The format the challenge got played in doesn't exist anymore. Yep. And we can look at it for some interesting stuff, but... It doesn't exist, and so I'm not interested yeah. in much of the data out of it. I'm I use the data of these challenges to plan for next week and tomorrow. Right. And nothing that happened there is particularly relevant yeah. anymore. This is a point of data to and this one really kind of drove the point home because I mean we had talked about it over the past couple of weeks where like Delver hadn't been dominant the past two weeks. Um, and we both had our reasons why. And then almost as if to like really drive the knife in, it's just like, by the way, we're still twenty five percent of the top thirty two. Yep. We're still three out of the top eight and we're going to win. Yep. Like that was just kind of like the nail in the coffin. And I, I'm sure they made their decision because I mean, they, they announced this before the weekend anyways, exactly. but it was just like one of those like, haha, one last hurrah yep. of shitting well, all over our format. Yeah. It's like, don't, don't be fooled. Don't, don't be fooled into looking at one tournament and drawing results from right. it. You know, you can, you, we could, they had two tournaments in a row where it didn't 
right. dominate. It was still and, prevalent. You know, it just I didn't dominate. was definitely the one on the side of the table sitting there going like, hey, we should recognize this and we should watch the format to see where it comes from. Like, I don't want to ignore that because I don't want to ignore every time a format looks to get better. Yep. But you shouldn't forget that for six months, this format has been a lot of the same. Correct. And the uh, the old phrase, two's a coincidence, three's a pattern. Yeah. Well, we, we got two. We, yeah, <laughs> and <Yep>. then <laughs> Delver came back to remind us. I think it was had, a coincidence. And I think not we had more than three before that. Not in a row. No, I mean where Delver came in yes. to swamp yeah, the we meta. Had, we had six months of <laughs> yeah. blue red Delver, we and had before that, because that's what I feel like. Sometimes we're like screeching into the ether. Nobody's. It's like everybody just forgets what happened before Modern Horizons too. Mm-hmm. Like Delver was blue red Delver was. Like the one of the best decks before the Oko ban, if not with Dreadhorde Arcanist, yeah, right. So like it was in the yeah, conversation was, for top three. There was probably like Snowco and uh, Rug Delver and Blue Red yep, Delver because there's Rug Delver running Clothus, correct. So you ban Oko and Astrolabe and whatnot and Dreadhorde Arcanist, and Blue Red Delver was still the best deck. Yes, because it had just picked up Expressive Iteration, correct. So and it was still learning, it's still finding its legs with its two mana draw two. Right. So I don't remember the exact time frame. So you know, don't at me if I'm off by a month or whatever. But we had a couple months of between Oko getting banned and Marauder Horizons two, where Blue Red Delver was the best deck. Yep. Then they got three new toys. Yep. And three, then three of some of the most powerful cards in Legacy. Right. And we're talking about almost. I mean, if you include that, almost a year. Of Blue Red Delver being the best deck. And people are like, oh, well, I mean, Control did well for two weeks. Delver's dead. And it's yeah. like, yeah, dude, no, it's not. No. I mean, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm I'm super glad this tournament was good. Or right. The results of it. But no, it's not right. gone. So, and then obviously, you know, today happened. So as far as the ban goes, going forward, what do you expect to see? So what I expect to see is... Your standard is it Delver deck or Blue Red Tempo if you're not running Delvers. Hey, we can start calling it Delver now. It's pro- you can probably <laughs> safely call it Delver again. I expect to see them fill up their Delvers, which for most of the recent lists, you're seeing this 444, Merktide, Ragavan, DRC, and 3 Delver. Yeah. They now, seem ex- to want about around 15 creatures, yes. give or take. Now, I you see two or three Delver here and yeah. there, but I, I think you're going to immediately see the Delvers pick back up right back to the top, so you're going to have four. It's the most obvious choice. Yes. So if you look at that, we've got three slots to play with. Now, in my opinion, with Ragavan gone, you don't need Gutshot anymore. I don't think there's a reason for them to be running Gutshot. Now, maybe you'll see Fork take that place, but Fork wasn't really a... Fork Bolt. Sorry, Fork Bolt. But it wasn't really something that they were running a lot of beforehand. So I look at Is It Delver list, and I see three to five main board slots available. To become a lot more flexible. So I think of things like Brazen Borrower or uh, what's that? Is it Dragon? Sprite Dragon. Sprite Dragon. Maybe Young Pyromancer, but like that seems kind of, I don't know. I just maybe True Name Nemesis. I don't know. There's lots of options for these flex slots. I think Brazen Bar is going to be the first thing to be picked up after Delver. It's just so flexible and answers so many Could things. Be. And then you look at your sideboards, and half these sideboards are running Hydroblast, either yep, one to or deal two. With Ragavan. The other Hydroblast. So you're looking at picking up and, uh, and I'm, and, uh, is it Staticaster, which I also think is a big is a big part of being there for Ragavan because it um, is a great way to resolve. It's a great way to deal with a dash Ragavan. So like you're looking at you know three or four mainboard slots, maybe five. You're looking at two or three sideboard slots. I think these decks are going to be very different, but a lot more like consistent and responsive. Mm-hmm. I think they're gonna get. I think they're gonna spread themselves out a little bit more and be able to answer a lot more threats. But I do think they're going to be like like the creature space is gonna be a lot of the same. But I don't know. 
Yeah. It's just it's so hard to make these make these like predictions. Yeah. And well, and that's the thing is I think as long as you don't get too cocky, most people are fine with being if you make predict some stuff then you're wrong. The big thing, so like your creatures, this would be my take. I've played I have Blue Red Delver at least before Merktide and mm-hmm. Ragavan and DRC. Um I say the Blue Red Delver deck you have has literally three of these creatures in it. Right. <laughs> um hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's got Delvers. I'm back up to yeah, four. You got a four. <laughs> and I could have DRCs. Whether or not I'll buy into Merktide, I don't know, especially given the nature of their ban announcement. I'm suspicious of Merktide in the long run. I don't know if it's going to stick around. It. I think it becomes a little more reasonable with Ragavan because Ragavan does help cast it when you're getting those Lotus Petals. Uh, I don't think it's. I don't think it's weakened enough. It's one I of those don't. things where like. Merktide's probably technically worse, but it went from 100 to a 99 or 98. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yes, it's worse, but it's not worse enough. So I don't know if I'll still be buying into that. Basically, I'm not going to update my Delver list until I'm confident that nothing's going to get banned out of it. Yeah, this I think the men need to settle down a bit before I'd right. be willing to buy into something. Correct. So if I'm making my predictions from Blue Red, I think we go for DRC, for Delver, for Merktide. Mm-hmm. I personally like true name a little bit more than the others mm-hmm. where Rav- ragavan really shined was your control matchup it just got in a lot more it was stealing cards off the top more consistently and the mana helped you out mm-hmm. while true name doesn't necessarily generate card advantage it is a lot harder to answer true. and most of these control decks aren't running terminus not anymore so like i think true name and and against a control deck traditionally speaking you're gonna have time to resolve it right yep so you can resolve a, a terminus they're typically not putting a true name a true name they're uh typically not putting pressure on you so that you have to force a will something so you're almost always gonna have the option to force a will mm-hmm. uh whatever they do to counter your true name because they're not going to want that to resolve absolutely i think that's where i would go just to kind of shore up that control matchup mm-hmm. i think sprite dragon is good but i think it so here's what i th- i think i don't think you need more all in aggressiveness when you have DRC and Merktide. I think you'll see. I think I'm in favor of seeing Sprite Dragons over True Names in my eyes. Oh, what I think will happen. So I'm going to cast my vote. Um, and I'm going to cast my vote in. You know, I think I, I think they pick up a couple True Names. Not just True Names. They pick up a couple Sprite Dragons, and I think we pick up a couple Lightning Bolts for Gut Shots. And I think that's what we're going to see happen. I think we're going to see Delver go a little bit more back to its roots and back to um. To the face, aggressive and fast. Oh yeah, I, 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 I guess I would expect to see true names in the side. I don't think we'll see true names in the main as much. I think we'll see sprite dragons in the main because people want to get in there and get aggressive. And I think gut shots are going to be replaced with lightning bolts you to mean help chain finish. Right? No lightning bolts. Oh, yes. Sorry, chain yeah. lightning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. to clear, I, yeah. When you said that, my brain went to unholy heat, and I was like, no, not unholy yeah. heat. I, but I know yes. what you mean. Like, chain lightning, and then a couple or uh, uh, four lightning bolts, and then like two or three chain lightnings to back. Well, them and up. that's that's how I used to run. My, like I yes. ran my blue red delver is just a very aggressive list. I was a huge fan of Sprite Dragon. I really like that card. I think it's mm-hmm. great design. It forces Delver to it. Like to me, Sprite Dragon gave Delver value in the way it should get value, and it's not cards. It's like committing. Mm-hmm. So like you commit to a sprite dragon a little bit, like you're getting it doing stuff you normally want to do anyways, but like it changes your play patterns. It's interesting to play around. It forces you to commit to a guy, which mm-hmm. can then be answered as opposed to generating consistent card advantage, which is much more difficult to answer. Yeah. I really liked where Delver was at with sprite dragon. I don't, I personally don't think the deck is as fun to play as when it's this grindy kind of thing. I like the fact that it's, it used to be kind of like, a pseudo burn deck with counter spells, and I thought that was really fun to play. Mm. Obviously, I know that's a way oversimplification of the archetype, but that's yeah. what I enjoyed about it was it was very aggressive. 
and you didn't automatically lose the combo. Mm-hmm. I would love it if that's what ended up being best. I don't know. Obviously, we don't know if it will or not. And yep. I, that's basically what it boils down to is I think, in my opinion, Sprite Dragon got replaced by Merktide. They f- it fills the similar kind of spot where it's it's a big beater. Merktide's more consistent. It typically speaking only costs two or three, which Sprite Dragon frequently. I mean, yes, it costs two to play, but you're putting two mana one one. Right. It's a two mana one one as opposed to a even if you paid three for a three mana six six or whatever it is. Yeah. I'm not going to do the math for Delve and whatnot right here. So I think those kind of fill more spots and I hate losing to control. So that's how I would build it. Yeah. I, I would want a couple in there just to shore up that control matchup a little bit. Yep. But I mean, this is the interesting part. It'll be interesting to see over the next month. I don't think the meta is going to drastically change, but I'm curious to see how uh, Delver players pivot from this. Yeah, I think we can agree that like neither of us expect to see the meta really shift this. I think more people might come back and play because I think Ragavan was just that like real feel bad card. Yeah. And that's, it was that, a very unpopular card. Yeah. Regardless of how you feel about its power, it was yeah. very unpopular. So that's going to that, that'll that'll bring me into the next half of this discussion where like so I want to talk to you about like what do you think should have got banned without banning 15 cards. Right. And I think, I think Ragavan got banned because everyone hates it and not because it's the most powerful thing to be doing. Ragavan is incredibly powerful and I'm not going to sit here and pretend it's not. It's incredibly powerful, but I honestly think DRC is up there in power level to Ragavan. It's either close or more powerful. And because Ragavan to be as powerful as it can be requires your opponent to play good cards. And that sounds obvious at its face. Like we're playing Legacy. Of course, we're playing good cards. But like the case in point is if I'm playing Ragavan, you're playing Elves. I don't want to hit any of your stuff. If you're playing Death and Taxes, like none none of your cards are good to me. And so that draw aspect of it doesn't really matter in a lot of your matches. They're frequently going to have blockers. Yes. You're going to be able to attack a lot less. So you're losing a lot of that card's goodness. Yep. Now, the card's insane. I'm not pretending it isn't. The reason I place DRC, Dragon Rage Channeler, above it on uh, power level, or at least very close, is DRC makes your best cards better. I don't have to rely on my opponent to play good cards to make DRC good, because I said this before, Matt, what are the best cards in Legacy? Yeah, it's uh, Brainstorm and Ponder. Brainstorm and Ponder. DRC makes them better. I mean, could you imagine if Ponder said, surveil one, then look at three, put them back in any... Like, yep. It is like, I mean... If that card got printed in the next set, it would be banned on print. Well, it'd be banned seven months after. Well, it got <laughs> but like, like DRC just makes these cards so good. And like, you've never played with a DRC. It, when you have two DRCs and you go to cast a brainstorm and you go bottom, bottom, draw three, put two back, it just feels like stupid. It's it feels like stupid. Yeah. And so I place DRC a little bit higher on the power level for that because it just it makes your best cards better. It doesn't real. It doesn't rely on your opponent playing good cards to be at full power yeah the one after that i would put um i put those very close i really thought uh merc tide could use a ban because i think delver having that end game just immediate clock was too much and we've talked about this many times like merc tide was on that is on that list just because the idea that you can be playing against delver trading resources grinding it out you know you take a few hits from DRC, we used to be, you know, used to, used to be Delver would hit you three like three times, and it's like, well, I'll survive. Right. But you take three hits from DRC, you're down to let's say ten. Let's say you fetched once. No, you're, like, you're at eight because you fetched twice or three, two or three times. Yeah. You're down to eight, and they cast an eight-eight Merktide, and it's like, wow, one hit and I'm dead. Yep. And I just killed their DRC, so I didn't die to that, and I'm out of removal. Like that just seems like 
that's where a lot of the power of Delver is. And I think if you wanted to neuter the deck, I think you could have taken either D or C or Ragavan and Murktide, and that would have made a real impact on the deck. Yeah, I as far as the getting cards from this deck goes, I I agree with the the Murktide. I don't put quite as much value on. Like I get what you're saying. The anyway, I'm definitely the minority in my opinion yeah, of DRC, and I'm the, okay with that. Basically. Your point there boils down to Ragavan has some very bad matchups, and DRC is good in most of your games. Yeah, and that's that's pretty much what it boils down that's, to. Yeah, that's... there's 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 games where Ragavan is just bad. Yeah, and DRC doesn't have that problem. It has some of that problem, but, but not as much of that problem. DRC always does its thing. Right, Ragavan plenty often can't do its thing. Correct. Now there are tons of arguments where like you know Ragavan is usually a better top deck than DRC. You know on turn seven, yeah. Like you obviously want to hit your hit your Ragavan before your DRC. Like there's tons of arguments. Like Ragavan produces mana. That's stupid. Yeah. I mean, they're, like there's tons of arguments. That's why they're very close. Correct. And I, think I don't even disagree there. I think they're way closer than people give them credit. People seem to write off DRC as like oh whatever it's Dragon Rage Channeler, but like. Dragon Race Channeler is so sneaky powerful, whereas Ragavan was like punch you in the mouth, break your nose powerful. Yeah. Ragavan and that's why... was annoying to play against. Yes. And I people think... from, so having played a lot of EDH, people hate having their stuff stolen. Yes, they do. You casting a ponder off the top of my deck pisses me off. Yep. It doesn't matter. Like not only, I mean, obviously that's good. Like stealing a ponder is incredibly powerful. <laughs> But it doesn't matter. <laughs> you cast my ponder. <laughs> so you, you have to think about it like this. It isn't that my opponent cat. My opponent isn't up a ponder. I'm also down a ponder, sort of. Because I well, because now I don't get to cast my ponder. Yes. Like, and it's it, it's a dumb way to look at it. But I think it's like maybe subconsciously very much how you look well, at it. Well, it's the same reason that people hate getting milled because they they get that they look at those cards that they quote lost that got milled as losing those cards. Yeah, I, I get that. But when you talk about mill, like you're talking about like, yeah, but after you've milled your first seven cards, you weren't seeing any of that shit. I know. Whereas with Ragavan. Well, it's a, it's a very visceral feeling. And that's yeah. why you get that reaction is you're like, that was my ponder next turn. What I'm getting is like, that was literally like, again, once you've milled me for more than 10, I'm now seeing cards. I never would have seen this game. And so like subjectively, you need to kind of keep that in mind. Yeah. But when it's Ragavan, that was the card yeah. I was going to draw. So not only did you get a ponder, I don't get a ponder. Yep. That's crazy. And then, yeah, people just hate having their stuff played with when yeah, they don't get to. So it, it, Ragavan elicits that response, whereas yeah. it's very easy to, from an emotional point of view, which is, I think, part, not the only reason. Clearly, there's plenty of data to back up this yes. band. But why Ragavan got picked, singled out as opposed to some of these other cards is because it generates that bad those feel bads yeah feel bads so, that's what i think i think i think if ragavan I, if i had to pick one of the three my first pick would have been murktide screw that card shouldn't exist if you want that effect play Gurmag angler gotcha see i'm definitely in favor of taking one of the one drops they got and then taking murktide i think and i i i like i said i think drc is just a little more like i think in the coming weeks and months we're gonna see drc I think people are going to understand more how, how much DRC is warping their decks. Well, right? I think over the next coming months, what you're going to see is like, this is going to be the period that goes, these cards are all problems. Yeah. It's such a triangle too. Like if you look at these, like, so like Ragavan produces mana that helps you cast a Merc title if you wanted to. DRC puts cards in your graveyard that helps you cast a Merc title if you wanted to. Yep. Like both of these cards. That's one of the reasons why I want to get rid of Merc Tide is all the reasons you said earlier where it is just a bullshit card when it comes down to, you know, mm -hmm. turn six after you've just had a fun, interesting game and it kind of ruins it. Or turn four. Right. But by taking Murktide, you almost kind of weaken the others a little bit anyways because yeah. one, one of their 
biggest effects is they power out this Merktide in one way or the other. Yep. So like you take that and then Ragavan gets a little worse. DRC gets a little worse because when you're, I mean, it's one thing to surveil on a brainstorm. Yep. It's we, one thing when you surveil and Lotus Petal on a brainstorm. Yeah. That's the yeah, so you, you take the Dell factor out of that surveil because you're right. Yeah. You're surveilling and making mana for later. Right. Yeah. And one card I want to talk about um, that I don't know where it would fit into this ban. Where we, I don't. I don't want to talk. I don't know if I want to talk about banning five cards, or whatever. But like. Expressive iteration probably needs to get banned. Again, we're going to assume that the cantrips are staying. Because mm -hmm. if we're not, this is going to be an hour-long talk just about this, right? Yep. And we've had that talk. Everyone knows my feelings. Uh, I, <laughs> whenever I see someone talking, whenever I see someone talk about that on Facebook or Twitter or Reddit, I'm always like, that's what we think on Cantrip Cartel. You should right. check out our podcast. Like, it's just like, very quickly, I would be 100% on board with a fundamental change in uh, legacy. I don't know how, like, it drives me nuts that 60% of the meta plays Force of Will, and we just ban another red card. Yep. Like, yeah. another another red card has died for another, Brainstorm Sins. And you just go back, and it's just like, well, there goes Ragavan, and uh, Dreadhorde Arcanist, and Renin Six, and all of these are fair, non-blue cards, and they're just like, man, why isn't, why can't you just play a fair, non-blue deck? And it's just like, I don't know, because yeah. all the cantrips maybe, keep getting them banned. It may be Brainstorm, Ponder, and Expressive Iteration. Right. So, like, I would love to see Expressive Iteration go. Like, if I had to pick two, if I could pick two, it'd be Merktide and Expressive mm -hmm. Iteration. Those are probably really good choices, to be honest. Like, taking out its huge top end and, and then it's, taking out its huge value engine. Correct. I mean, obviously, DRC and Ragman are value engines, like, but this is, is this two-mana draw two. Tempo like this, Rug Delver was a little bit different because uh, it was trying to play a slightly slower game. Blue-Red has traditionally been speaking been about being that aggressive deck mm -hmm. and giving an aggressive deck expressive iteration is yeah. just nuts. Yep. Like you're supposed to be able to trade with these guys one for one. And that's their, like that's their kind of, that's the crux of the deck and how you like beat it is like, if I can trade for you one for one, I'm eventually going to get a really good card that your deck, exactly. that your, your two twos or three threes can't deal with. Yep. And in the same, not the same set, but roughly the same time period, they got ways to get card advantage and the highest, one of the biggest creatures in legacy. Yeah. I mean, a there's, two there's Emrakul, Grizzlebrand, and then Murktide Regent. Mm -hmm. Like, those are the top ends of decks. Yeah, it's some Eldrazi, but like... Yeah, yeah. but I mean... Like, uh, Murktide is definitely, without a doubt, the largest castable creature. Right. Like, by a by a lot. The closest would be Uro. He's a 6-6 six, six on the ground for four. And he's blue, blue, green, green, and five other cards. Right. It, it, for a perfect example of this, uh, Tombstalker actually used to see a little bit of play. It's that five, five. a joke. Right. <laughs> I saw it is that now. Like I, well, I remember people were talking about like like people when they saw Merktide, like oh, it's just a little bit of a Tombstalker, and no one plays Tombstalker. I looked at it. That card's a joke. It's one more mana, so it's one more delve. It's black, black, and it's a fucking five five that yep. never gets bigger. Yep. Meanwhile, cast your second Merktide and then look at your Tombstalker. Yeah. <laughs> like like yeah, Merktide so. is like those cards are in my opinion so uncomparable. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So to me, if we're looking at this, going, hey, they got rid of Ragavan. Okay, cool. Step one complete. Yes. That's yeah. Like they, you, you missed. Like you should have like thrown two more darts. About, <laughs> right. We're talking about throwing darts at a wall, and there's there's probably ten cards on that wall that could be banned. Right. They threw one dart. Yeah. Yes, they hit a card that should go, and probably one of the one of the better picks. Uh -huh. uh, yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not. Yeah. We shouldn't discredit that. This is not a bad ban. Right. It's just not enough. It's not enough. I think you're gonna. I think listeners are gonna hear a lot of that from a lot of people. There are certainly going to be people that are happy with this. 
some people are gonna be mad that Ragged Van got banned. That's fine. Yeah. That's everyone's got their own opinion. I if I, I talked about like LSV like this gameplay. If you enjoy this gameplay with Ragged Van, that's cool. Unfortunately, you're a bit the minority right now, and most of us don't. Right. And I think right now, if you are okay with just Ragged Van getting banned, I think you're also kind of in the minority. But it is the world we live in. Yep. And so we are gonna see what the challenges eke out in the next. Well, if 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 we have any evidence to go on seven or eight months and we'll see what happens. I hope it's not that long. No, I, I should say that. I hope this was enough. Yeah, like, of I, course. I get, that's the thing is it, it that we're both we're, wrong. And it's just like, this is perfect. Cool. Great. Good job, Wizards. Yep. We, Delver we'll see is, you when Delver, Modern Horizons 3 comes out. Delver is probably still the best deck, but by a little bit, not by a ton. I don't think most people care that Delver is one of the better decks. Delver's like, 15% of the meta again. It's a yeah. lot, but it's okay. It's one in six. Yeah. I, I think if you had Delver variants as a whole making up 10% of the meta, I don't think you'd hear much complaining. Gosh, I'd love that. That'd be right. awesome. But when Blue Red Delver is 25% of the meta, mm-hmm. you're going to hear some complaints. And that those are totally justified. Yeah. The other nice thing about this is no longer will we have the accounting errors of, well, one was Blue Red Tempo and one was Blue Red you know, only Matt, only 12% of the format was blue, red, uh, Delver. Right. Now th- there was another 8% of blue, red Ragavan, but there was right. no Delvers in those. Right. Oh, <laughs> and there's another three or 4% of Jeskai. Ragavan. Yeah. Yeah. And Jeskai Ragavan <laughs> that didn't have Delver in it either. Yeah. Let's not ignore that. Yeah. I was really let down when I, like I was watching the clock. I was really excited. Um, I pulled it up and I was just like, that's not what I want. This feels to like a base hit. When you're already losing the game. Yeah, we need to swing for the fences. Right, like it's the seventh inning and we're down by three or four. I don't know much about baseball, but that seems appropriate. Sure. And like, we got a base hit. Like we're, We need it. We need more. Like, again, this is a good step. Again, we'll give credit where credit is due. people on bases. We'll give credit <laughs> where credit is due. Yep. Like Watsy banned a good card and Watsy did a wonderful job with Modern. Just keep doing this. Keep doing right. more. So. It's not enough. I, it's not enough in my opinion. I think there's... I think Ragavan had plenty of good reasons it should get banned. Um, I, I think Ragavan certainly falls into that category of this card's bullshit and should never been printed. Yep. Now there's like thirty of those in in Legacy. Like like you can't more throw the spark forward. There's all kinds of. I cards mean, like even that. if you go back, like just the Legacy staples, you can't throw a dart at a Legacy staple board and just not hit a card. It's like that that probably shouldn't exist. The, <laughs> it's gotten worse, but the, like the pushback I'll give you there. Is the legacy staples, in my opinion, a lot of them were design mistakes in the sense that we went, oops, and not, we're going to push this yeah. intentionally in order to sell packs. That's very fair. So now, like the, Lion's Eye Diamond shouldn't exist. The end result is the same, but yes, like where they came from is very different. Well, and the mistakes tend to be far more interesting. Like Lion's Eye Diamond, there's no card like it. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly powerful. It's also very narrow, mm-hmm. like we always talk about. Yep. And you can tell it was a card designed with something in mind. They're like, hey, I wonder... How can we make a Black Lotus fair? I know you get three mana, but you don't get to spend it on anything. Yeah, you don't have a hand. Right. And it was also printed around the time where there just, A, there wasn't any way to do anything with it. Mm-hmm. And then B, I mean, I think what they had in mind was, well, you could use it to activate abilities because yeah. there were a lot of that. That's stuff. obviously the, the, obviously the right. intention is. So you know, like it was horrible. People used to throw them away. I know. Which I wasn't makes there. makes me weep. Makes me, it make, I wasn't there. And, well, like, we had a, our buddy Mike. Found one in a box. Yeah, just in his, like, his... Because he had some old cards. Yeah, he just had a box of cards and it just had a Lion's Eye Diamond. Like, wow, it's cool to find, at the time, it was like 400 bucks. Right. So, like, there's a difference between Lion's Eye Diamond, which... Yeah, which wasn't, like you said, was an accident, was a mistake. And Ragavan, which is where they're like, well, we need to sell packs for Modern Horizons, too. And they just just throw just tons, like I said, yeah. So, Ragavan, like I said, to get back, 
Ragavan was definitely a design mistake that should be printed. I don't think we should go through and ban every card in Legacy. That's no. a design mistake that shouldn't be printed. I just want to get that out there. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not advocating for. Let's just find all the cards that don't need to exist and ban them. Now, if you're on that train, MTG Heritage is where you should go. Yeah, no kidding. That's basically that's basically MTG. And that's Heritage not a knock line. against MTG Heritage. No, it's, it's a great that's mentality. This, like, there is a community of people who feel like you do. If that's yeah. where you're at, you should go hang out with them and try mm -hmm. to grow that format. Yeah. I think so. Like Ragavan is this card that shouldn't exist. That's very format warping. Whatever. I think Murktide falls into that very, very easily. I think DRC probably falls into that as long as we have cantrips because it's just ridiculous. DRC to me feels a little bit closer to a mistake than a push. Yeah, I think I think someone clearly underestimated how good surveilling was. Right. If that said, scry, it would be so much better. Right. Well, or so, so much, much more fair. Sorry, so much more okay. Yeah. If that just said scry and not basically, it doesn't say surveil, but it's surveil. If that didn't say surveil, but like Merktide is definitely like woof woof. Um, DRC is pretty far up there, and I think expressive iteration is too. Like expressive iteration is just like it's it, just it's uh, the two mana draw two with selection thrown on top is just too good, guys. That's for especially when you're finding things in like like finding legacy. Like in standard, expressive iteration was a powerhouse, but it's okay because you're not finding nearly as good a stuff. Yep. Whereas in legacy and in modern, it's just like you're finding some bonkers, bonkers stuff. Well, that this is a total tangent, but it was kind of something I was kicking around in my head because I got Aldrin's Epiphany Dan, right? Yep. And back in the day, I mean, time warp has been legal forever, like since Tempest. In Legacy? Just in general. Like it, it came out in Tempest. It's been around forever. It's, I think, the problem with extra turns. Because it, this this, it got banned out of Historic. I know. But <laughs> well, I'm, what I'm talking, I'll get, I'll get to it in a second. So what made me think of it was what you talked about with that expressive iteration, where what you're drawing matters. So like mm -hmm. those cards, it's the same thing with cantrips, right? Yep. Cantrips just aren't as strong and standard as they are in Legacy because you're not drawing into show and tell. Exactly. Or Popper is a good example. The the funny thing with extra turns is an extra turn didn't mean yeah. what it means now. Yep. Like an extra That's, turn back in the day when you were casting Time Warp, you didn't have or Time Walk. Well, I mean Time Walk is a little different because it does cost two, and like it's still even if you're not doing much, two mana just. It replaces, I mean, I, it cycles well, and gets you an extra I turn. know, but like in the world of like alpha and beta, right. it's and just like, it just, I've, I've heard this argument and it's so true where it's like extra turns are a problem because your turn is stupid now. Right. It, even in standard where yeah. it's just like, like time warp has existed forever. Now we're getting, I mean, how much does Aldrin Epiphany cost? Seven. Seven. So it costs seven mana. We're getting seven mana sorceries banned. It can cost six if you spend two to foretell it and cast it next turn. Right. But I mean like. But again. The point I'm getting at is like these cards, like it's just we're doing so much. We're so committed to the board. Cards are so powerful mm -hmm. that, yeah, taking an extra turn is huge because like every single well, turn you're taking tons of that, game actions and doing a lot of stuff. It's that snowballiness. And I, um, when was time, when was time warp print? You said Tempest. Yeah, that was before Planeswalkers. That's what I mean. Like, like we're doing so much stuff happens like, in a turn. You used, yeah, you used to didn't have you didn't have these enchantments you could activate every turn to do a right. cool thing. Like I, I've heard that argument from um, other places, and it just like it is such a perfect argument for like why extra turns just aren't okay. When like you used in to have standard. I mean, in, yes, but in most formats in general, like why it's just so ridiculous to take extra turn in 2022 when yeah, time walk was two mana. Time warp is five mana, and like it's not that like, it used to be not as big a deal. It used to be draw a card, attack again, and you're probably drop. done. And a land drop. Yeah. 
Whereas now it's there's a lot of velocity you, in you, the game. You snowball so quickly. Yeah, you're you're moving so fast by the time you can cast it. It just it's it's game ending. Yeah, this isn't to talk down to you, but do you know what I mean by velocity is in magic terms? Uh, I haven't heard it. Old school players like me, when you're talking about velocity, what you're talking about is kind of like game actions and stuff changing zones. So mm, like I see. madness decks have a lot of velocity. Dredge has a ton of velocity. Yep. Like you're doing stuff and. <laughs> Just not modern the format, but modern magic has a ton of velocity. It's kind of like actions per minute when right. you're playing a, like That's an RPG. That's a very good example of it. Now, imagine you're playing an RTS and you've got actions per minute and we've dialed up the actions per minute way up and yeah. then you give another guy five minutes to play yeah. or an extra minute, even, yeah, an, extra an minute. extra minute to play against yep. the other guy. But you can do three times as many actions, right. which is basically what you can do now. You can do three times as many actions as you used to in a turn right. and here's an extra turn. Correct. So it just makes this like... Yep. Mo the way modern game design has worked as far as magic goes is committing to the board is a bigger thing and like you have huge board states lots of velocity and then you're just going to go i'm going to take an extra turn it's like oh crap yeah like, it's I, debilitating yeah don't forget the elements of Epiphany also gives you two birds yeah well and then on top of that like if we're going to bring it back in the the goal of magic hasn't changed like imagine how busted it would be if like lightning bolt did seven damage well we've got a ton of cards that have effectively been that where that ratio has happened sort of like I lightning, mean, bolt, lightning bolt's it, kind of a weird example because that's well, like the one mana for three damage hasn't really been improved upon no, i don't mean lightning bolt but that that thing where we've got we've got we have 20 health mm -hmm. and now we're just going to take cards and make them a lot better yeah but the objective of the game is still deal 20 damage like we've outgrown the 20 health right so we're looking at this going all these cards are way more powerful and not only are they more powerful than the other cards but the objective hasn't changed the objective is deal 20 damage. Mm -hmm. Well, we've gotten way better at dealing 20 damage. Yeah. So taking an extra turn just gets that job done even mm -hmm. sooner. And the same thing with, again, to bring it back, expressive iteration. We're getting better and better cards. So seeing more of them just means I, it's just yeah. even stronger. It compounds upon itself. Like I said, like Brainstorm has never found such good cards right. as it did in 2021. Correct. Yeah. Well, before we start talking in just crazy circles about the thing we've been talking about since the inception of this podcast, like yep. if you go back to listen to episode like two Called or three. <laughs> yeah. Like we've been talking about these Where's cards. Where's my kazoo? <laughs> uh -huh. we'll, we'll throw a little bit of an I told you so at the dartboard and yeah. be happy that we, we we could see the incoming wave of problems. Yep, and we'll uh, go, problems. go up to the, the, the whiteboard and days since a legacy ban, scratch out that. Yep. <laughs> Mark back to zero. Yep, Mark back to zero. And then we'll 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 keep the days since format has been great at zero. Yeah, we'll just kind of see what happens in the coming future. Matt, as we as we wrap our episode up, uh, was there anything else you want to cover this week? One more thing. So, as an elves player, I have to address something that I've been hearing some buzz about, and I'm not going to take long to do this. I just want to pose one question. There's a lot of talk in when we're talking about cards that should be banned about Allosaurus Shepherd, and one of the things we've talked about is these egregious de design mistakes. Mm -hmm. You could probably Allosaurus Shepherd is tiptoes that line because it's very, sure. very strong, but it is very narrow. And it's one of the things we talk about. Yep. I mean, he has that thing of Ragavan where like he does a lot. He does do a lot. For one mana. What I would argue, though, and I just want we don't need to go into it, but I just want to pose one question for people to think about. Would you be complaining about Allosaurus Shepherd if 60 percent of the meta he's played in wasn't blue? Like the problem to me doesn't seem like Allosaurus Shepherd. It seems like two thirds of the decks you play again. He's very good. If that was reduced yeah. to one third, that top half, because it's that top half that people don't like. Like, if you're talking about terms, yeah. if you're talking about it in terms of what legacy should do, 
paying six mana to make elves a five five that's not very i mean we're you're talking about show it, and tell and reanimate and all. the upkeep cost is probably worth it right like like it t- it's a lot of cost whether it whether it be cradle and a bunch of creatures but or like, six lands relative to what everything else does in legacy paying six mana mm-hmm. that can not be responded crazy. to in a tribal deck is perfectly yeah. on par with what we should be doing it's that top half where he can't be countered and your green spells can't be yep. countered he 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 just sticks so many cards in your hand because 60% of the meta because 60% of the meta is blue yeah if we how about we address that it's not just blue it's force it's of will force of will like it's, it's, it's not more of them are blue it isn't a like huge eclectic organization of blue cards it's Six, force of will yes force of will is 60% and 60% of decks as a four of which yep. as we've as we've discussed that also means you probably have two to four force of negations as well that to me is the fundamental problem of legacy and i don't like attacking symptoms so if you want to yep. come at me and go, hey, we should get rid of Allosaurus Shepherd, I'm going to tell you we should make a format that's not 60% one color. Yeah. And once we've dealt with that, then if Elves is still a problem, then we can talk about something. Yep. But once two-thirds of your matchup, Elves matchups, it's not shutting off a, yeah. a solid percent of their cards. Yep. I mean, it dies it's, to everything, and we have no way to prevent it. Boltable, Shockable, Fork Bolt, right. uh, Prismatic Ending, Every removal spell in existence takes care of Elves. We have no way to get there's rid of them. There's probably something that targets a non-green creature. Yeah, there's Eye Blight's Ending. Destroy target <laughs> non-Elf. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? So that's there's something just to keep in mind. Yeah. I don't want to go on a like, long rant. Like, I don't know if I'm like, I'm not worried about like, I don't want to change like, oh, legacy can't be 60% blue. But I'm of the opinion that I could see a world where Alistair Shepard gets banned. Uh, I think the card is crazy powerful enough that it, it falls in the category of like, this card probably shouldn't exist. But we need to ban like five to eight cards before Alistair Shepard gets on my radar of like, that needs to go to. Again, and we're, if we want to get into it, Elves is between three and six percent of the meta. Yeah, <laughs> like we're talking about b- taking a card from a deck that had two copies in the top top thirty two of the mm-hmm. challenge. Like, and that's or three. usually one or two. Right. Like yeah. we we're happy to see it top eight. Like we're like we really don't feel like we're attacking the right thing here. Yeah, I don't. It's I don't just, think it matters. But that the much. problem is, is when two thirds of your people, two thirds of the players of the format play yep. against it, and they're playing force of will. It, it's that, uh, it's that it, feel bad. Yeah, it gets a feel bad, but it's like, come on, guys. We've got, there's mm-hmm. deck building restrict that Allosaurus Shepherd is what a powerful card should do. Mm-hmm. It's be narrow. Yeah. Be, be really narrow. powerful and be really like, narrow. If we have show and tell, Lion's Eye Diamond and Grizzlebrand and all that stuff, I don't see why we're tomb. talking about Allosaurus Shepherd. Yep. So I just had to put that out that's there. A, yeah, that's a, uh, that's a, that's a little fun. A little fun thought experiment yeah. I think people could do is like try and reimagine like if you didn't constantly have those Force of Will stuck in your hand. Would you hate Alistair Shepard as much? Another question. If black wasn't dog shit in Legacy, do you think <laughs> elves would be a yeah. problem? I mean, as soon as, as soon as people start running Fatal Pushes and Plague Engineers, right. you got bad news. Correct. So, <laughs> just putting that out there. That's my retort to those comments, <laughs> which I hear all the time. Yep. Like, they're yep. everywhere. It's it's one of those, it's like Ragavan. It's that feel-bad card that people don't like to see. Right. All righty. Well, as we wrap up our episode, I would like to recommend one more time Everyone check out Will and Aramis over at the Plain Soccer's podcast, twitch.tv forward slash Plain Soccer's podcast, Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard. Uh, they're going to have your historic and standard bands. I'm really excited to see what they're we, talking about. We, yeah. you know, we, we gave you a little tease. I mean, obviously, if you're listening to this, you probably saw the announcement. You've probably seen them. But they will be able to go into it a lot more in depth, uh, tell you what all that stuff means and kind of like what we did. Like, you know, why that card needs banned, why it didn't get banned, yada, yada. They're the experts, not us. 
Check them out on their Discord, discord.plainsuckerspodcast.com. When you get there, one, tell them we sent you. Two, hit us up on the uh, Cantrip Cartel Discord channel. And then three, sign up for a spell table uh, Wednesday commander game at around 7 p.m. Eastern Standard because it's tons of fun. It's fun to play. You know, it, it isn't the ideal way to play commander for sure, but Better it's, than nothing. it's still pretty fun. I, I hop on there uh, when I can. Have a lot of fun playing with Will and Aramis and whoever they bring on. If you want to reach out to us, hit us up at cantripcartel at gmail.com. You can join our Facebook group. It's just Cantrip Cartel on Facebook, and you can even follow us at Cantrip Cartel on Twitter. Matt, is there anything I'm forgetting? No, I think we got it. All right. Well, I think we will see you guys next week. Have a nice night, guys. I'm going to go ahead and crack my scalding tarn. I guess I'll get a volcanic island and play Delver of Secrets. <laughs> Do I get to make a lotus petal? <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs>